You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey, everybody, it's me, Rosie O'Donnell. You have found the show Onward. Well, it's not a show, is it? Is a podcast a show? I don't even know. Um, I have a special guest in my little opening segment today, my very close friend, more like a brother than a friend, truthfully. How long have we known each other, Bobby Pierce, Tony-nominated costume designer? God, it's 29 years, maybe... 94, yeah, right? 30, yeah, 30 years, 30 years, yeah, 94. 30 years we have known each other and been in each other's lives. We met doing um, Grease on mm-hmm. Broadway. Mm-hmm. Our good friend Jason Opsall, rest mm-hmm. in peace, Jason, mm-hmm. uh, he said to me, I know a great dresser for you when you start as uh, as Rizzo. And it was you, Bobby yep. Pierce. Can you believe it's been this long, Bob? 30 years, my God, I know. Can you believe how old we are? <laughs> now, Bob, you and I lost a good friend. Yeah. The theater world lost a legend. Lisa lost her mom. Uh, the beautiful and talented Cheetah Rivera. Right. And I didn't know what to say, so I thought I would just call you and we would talk about, you know, some of our favorite memories of her. H- how did you first meet Cheetah, Bobby? Um I used to design clothes for Gwen Verdon, and I met Cheetah mm-hmm. through Gwen, and um, I designed her her um, tour, her concert tour, and then we became fast friends after that. And you have done costumes for her her entire career, pretty yeah. much. Not all of hers, but but yes, I've done yeah, clothes for her. Yeah, because you weren't alive yeah. then, right? Exactly. <laughs> 30 years older than us. Um, Cheetah passed away in her sleep, in her home. And uh, 91 years old, and what an amazing life she lived. She is she sure did. never, ever unkind to any person. She is such a supporter of people and 
she was kind to every person in the world and she went above and beyond to let you know that she loved you, right? How, how would you say, how would you say, how would you describe her, Bobby? Cheetah well, Bear? I mean, Cheetah was, there was, there's no one like Cheetah. She really was a giant star, but she was just like a Broadway broad. She was like everyone's pal. You know, um, she really considered herself a, a Broadway gypsy, just a dancer right from show to show. And she was like, the queen of all the gypsies on Broadway, like all the dancers loved her, all the crew loved her. Um, I, I don't ever remember any any bad story or negative story about her ever from anyone who's ever met her. Um, no, nor do I. Yeah, she nor was just I. really, really special and really, really talented. You know, yes. um, and I remember when we um, when you opened Taboo, and yeah, I did a I did a produced a musical mm-hmm. that Bobby was nominated for a Tony Award for designing the costumes. Taboo. What year was that, Bob? Because my brain's all jumped. Two thousand three, maybe two thousand three. I think you're right. And um, and so it was opening night, right? Right. And she didn't wanted to go see the show, but she had just had hip surgery, so she called me and she said, "Would I meet her at the car and help her to the theater after the lights went down, and then wait." She'll wait in her seat after everyone's out of the theater and then help her back to the car because she didn't want anything to be about her. She wanted to be about you and your show. So she didn't mm-hmm. want to be like Cheetah limping into the theater. So she wanted to make sure right. that no one saw her limp in, no one saw her limp out. But imagine her showing up the day after surgery. Yeah, a day after surgery. The day after surgery. It was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and shortly after that, you know, the reviews were not good and it was I was in a very, very, very depressed place. And uh, you were worried about me. You called Cheetah Rivera and you said, I'm worried about Rosie. She's, I've never seen her this down. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And she called me up and like talked me out of it. Yeah, she was you know, the best. She, she was so, um, she was so maternal and so loving. And uh, when we opened the school, Rosie's Theater Kids, she was our most famous and most ardent constant support Mm -hmm. she showed up for years and years it's 20 years now we've had that school open and she showed up and taught those kids to dance and to believe in themselves and you know what i love most about her bob was how she was really all about family yep you would yep. always see her brothers, and every time she was anywhere performing or there was an opening night, oh, this is my sister, this is my brother, these are my cousins. These She was very much a family person, right. you know? And she treated other people like family. She, she treated people she worked with like family. Right. You know, she was, she was very, very loving, and, and we're going to miss her. She's so insanely talented. You know, it's funny, when I was looking at... Um, Instagram and TikTok, there wasn't one person on Broadway who did not put up a tribute to her. Yep. Like all day, it was Cheetah all day, all day, as, as you know, deservedly so. She just did so much for so many. And um, how do you feel, Bob? Because we're the same age about losing the our friends. It's really strange. And it's really yeah. like Cheetah, I mean, Cheetah was 91 years old. We knew eventually it was going to happen, but it's still a shock. Of course. It's still a shock. Yeah, it, it doesn't still really hurts. Rem- it doesn't really matter how old the person was because, um, you know, you do expect it. And we all know that that day is coming and nobody gets out without a check, right? Right, you right. Know, here's the bill, Miss O'Donnell. I hope you enjoyed it. And um, it's still just, it makes me weak in the knees, you know? Yeah. I always um, remember 
a quote that Queen Elizabeth said after 9-11, where she was doing a speech about the people who were her citizens who she had lost in the Twin Towers. And right. um, she said that grief is the price of love. Yes. And, and I, um, so whenever I feel sad about something like this, I, I just feel like to be grateful because the, the amount of grief that you have right now is just shows the amount of love that you had. You know, so it's true, you know, and I don't like when my legends go. I know, I know, <laughs> you know, it's so hard for me because these people that I looked up to and dreamed of knowing and then, you know, get to know them and right. love them. And that's a pretty trippy thing, you know. I'm sure you felt the same way. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But listen, this is just a little thing we wanted to do just to say what, what a great person she was. Yeah. And, she will be missed, but she will be remembered forever. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Forever. Well, I love you, Bob. I love you too, Ro. Thanks for doing it. I'm sorry I was sobbing. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. It's sad. Not easy, but love big and, you know, this is what happens. But uh, thank you. And um, I want to tell everybody else listening, we're going to be back with a wonderful interview I did with Derek Downey, who uh, has that wonderful little squirrel Maxine and and what a story uh, of squirrels and life and love. And uh, that's what we got for you today. So stick around, would you? It's Onward with Rosie O'Donnell. Derek, it is so nice to get to talk to you finally after following you and having our text DM thing back and forth. I so admire you and you fill me with such joy and hope and your story, I believe, is my story. Mm. Thank you so much for that. And uh, I must say it is a pleasure and an honor to um, share this moment with you right now. We've been following each other for uh, a year or two now. And um, just to have this connection, it feels like, um, you know, full, uh, full circle moment. Yes, yes. It's so funny, you know, my first squirrel, and we're going to get into how you got Richard and Maxine, but my first squirrel was right after I left my show in 2002, 2003. And I had an art studio right by the water. Mm -hmm. And I would blast the same five CDs on the disc changer back then, you know? Mm -hmm. Every time I put on Eminem, this squirrel showed up. And I'm like, this cannot be the same squirrel. Now, initially, I hated squirrels because I was an avid bird feeder person. Mm -hmm. And they were ruining my bird feeder life experience. But uh, this squirrel got to me. And we became so close <laughs> that it was crazy. My kids were calling me the crazy squirrel lady. Yeah. But that connection and the nature and the being still, as you said. Yes. Being still. Yes. That was my goal when I left my show. And that's my goal for me as I suffer with depression, as mm -hmm. I know you do as well. Yes. How did you find your first squirrel? Ooh. Okay. Um, so it, as you said, with depression, that's kind of how the connection with Richard happened. Um, so I would, let's, all right, let me give you this. So I was battling depression due to health issues that I was having. And I couldn't find any answers. 
I was going to all the doctors and to hear there's nothing wrong with you mm. when I know my body, right? Um, sure. And I can see the changes that my body was going through and to hear that and to get no answers, it was, it took me down a dark place. I understand. Um, so I had to find my way out somehow. And that way was connecting with nature. It was walking around my neighborhood and there's tons of squirrels where I live. Um, but I would see Richard uh, all the time. And I knew it was the same squirrel because they have, squirrels have different personalities. They interact with you differently. Totally. Um, so I would stop and have these um, conversations with the squirrels. And um, I would say, hey, are you hungry? And he would just stop. Then I would run back to the house real quick um, and grab something and go and feed them. And that's kind of how the connection started to form. Now, had you had any opinions about squirrels before you saw Richard? Um, no, I've always been um, a nature person. I always loved all types of animals. Mm. Um, and not to deviate off the squirrels, but my first pet was a, a hermit crab. Oh. <laughs> my teacher, my teacher gave me this crab at the end of I think this was first grade. Um, because when the kids would go outside for recess, I would stay inside and just watch this crowd do absolutely nothing. Right. <laughs> so right. she gave it to me as a graduation gift. That's a wild thing. You know, when you were saying about you were always drawn to nature for me with, with my depression, which is, you know, chronic and, and, uh, and I have to work hard to not go down that, that slippery slope, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, I would go to Miami. I, I lived in Miami for a long time and I would take my boat out and all these dolphins that live in that bay would come to the boat because I would call to them. And so mm -hmm. sometimes the Coast Guard would pull over and go, Rosie, you're not allowed to feed those dolphins. I'm like, I'm not feeding them. I'm talking yeah. to them. And yeah. so then my kids called me this crazy dolphin lady. But yeah. uh, it's been solace for me. It does something... It reminds you of your place in the universe. Yes. And that it's not just us. We're not the center of um, everything that's going on in the world. Right. right. It allows us to look out and to also look within ourselves and to um, connect with something that um, isn't just human in us. Totally true. More with Derek and his squirrels after this. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes. This is a show about women. 
Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European Political Systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts So, Richard, how did you get Richard to let you touch him? Because Julie Andrews is the only uh -huh. one of my squirrels <laughs> that allows me to actually pet her. Now, she also comes in my house sometimes, which I don't tell people because they think it's crazy. But she'll come yeah. if she wants another walnut, she will mm -hmm. come in and look at me. And if the door's closed, she will jump and crash into the door until mm -hmm. I hear it. It's mm -hmm. so funny. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you. So um, the first um, occurrence that I had with Richard was he was on the fence and I fed him. And then it just started happening over and over again. The first video of what people know of me and Richard and Maxine's interaction um, was probably a year after this um, interaction started to form, this relationship. and. Um, Richard would come in the house, I actually have a few videos of me um, letting him in the house. There was a time where he would come inside and we would watch TV together. Uh, he would also bang on the window mm. and stand up on his hind legs yes. like, hey, I I'm here. Exactly. That's what <laughs> that's how I know people say to me, how do you know it's Julie Andrews? There were four squirrels when I rented this house this summer. I rented this house. So we move into this house and we see the four squirrels. And this one, I start to sing, getting to know you in the voice of Julie Andrews. Mm -hmm. It stops, looks at me, comes closer, looks at me. So I just kept talking and singing. Wow. And then eventually. 
it got to the point where now when she wants me, she knows to go to this one area um, on a fence thing and she swings mm-hmm. her tail around mm-hmm. like a yep. helicopter to, yep. to yep. get my attention. It's the most yeah. amazing thing. Now, your story, I know your story, and I don't want to tell it. I want you to tell it. So you mm-hmm. had Richard, and you go yeah. on online, and people like me flip out and go, I'm doing the same thing. Or they go, I'd mm-hmm. like to do that, right? Because people yes. people want to connect like that. Yes. Uh, first, let me just say, um, when you reached out to me, mm-hmm. um, I was blown away first. I thought it was um, scam likely. So I was like, ain't no way Rosie O'Donnell, the the lady that was on my television um, in my parents' house, like, ain't no way she just emailed me. (laughs) So I was in disbelief. (laughs) I was in disbelief for a minute. Um, But then I I got myself together. I was like, let me respond. Let me just say (laughs) something. I don't want to say nothing too crazy. Um, but I thank you, um, for that. Um, and I really do appreciate you for reaching out because it really did touch me. Well, you know why I really did see we were doing the same thing. I was feeding the squirrel in Beverly Hills peanut every day and you were doing the same thing. And then you started building the house and then you started, you were so creative. You're so handsome. You're so loving. I love your voice. So of course I reached out. I felt like we were kindred spirits. (laughs) Thank you. Um, In your words, I was uh, a cutie patootie. Yes, indeed. (laughs) You certainly are. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But yeah, so the story of the creative side of everything, right? Um, I've been a content creator for probably 2005. Wow. Um, And my, I just love bringing my imagination to life. Right. Um, So when people started like following this journey, I was like, okay, how can I make this more than just feeding the squirrels? Right. So my mind went crazy. I was like, okay, well, we can build a house. We can um, put a white picket fence around it because why not? Why we not? can put a television inside of the house and have them watch TV. So my mind went everywhere and I created it. People loved it. They enjoyed it. Um, and what I love most is receiving messages yes. from parents saying, hey, this is content that I can watch with my kids. Like it's wholesome content. Yes. And here I am an adult just living my kid like life. Right. Yes. And it resonates with so many people. And I never would have imagined that. I never would have imagined that I would be in this position, bringing light to so many people that came out of a dark place for me. That's so beautiful. Really is. How, um, I know you had Richard, you built the house. Maxine got involved at what point? When, (laughs) when did Maxine join your party? Maxine showed up, um, in the like courtyard of my, um, property. And I was just trying to build connections with other squirrels. And, I was speaking like affirmations into her words of encouragement because at first she was very standoffish. Mm. Um, 
So it took her a while to warm up to me. So I started showing that experience. And it took about, I would say, three months for her to warm up to actually touch me. Right. Um, Maxine is more close to me now than Richard. She would jump on me. Right. Um, she would eat um, sitting on my lap. Um, so, yeah, it took that relationship probably happened a few months after I showed, you know, the Internet, um, my relationship with Richard. Right. Now, Maxine is like the center of attention. <laughs> well, she stole your heart by giving you grandbabies. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Now, this story um, is magic. Many times over. Derek, it's magical. The story of the babies and the cut down tree. Tell tell everyone about this. Okay. So I forgot which day it was, but I knew it was a sunny day, a sunny, windy day. And I went outside and across the street, there were um, landscapers who were doing work to my neighbor's home. And I was like, okay, they're cutting down the tree. I hope, I pray that there isn't any squirrels up there. So 15 minutes passed and I noticed that they actually did trim the tree and they were looking at the, uh, another tree, like just staring at it. And I was like, why are they staring? Like, there's nothing going on here. So I went over there and I saw four baby squirrels in this tree. They took the squirrels cause they, they cut the branch, the nest fell and they relocated the squirrels to this small tree. And I said, okay, like I, we can't leave them here because they're on the sidewalk. People walk their dogs. If the dogs see them, they can't run. They're too young to move. So I said, okay, I have to take these babies um, and figure out what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do because I never raised a, a squirrel right. um, as a baby. I never done that. So um, I started searching researching everything, how to feed a baby squirrel. I went to PetSmart, um, grabbed some things. And then my neighbor, right when I failed at trying to feed these squirrels, mm -hmm. uh, my neighbor texted me. He said, hey, um, Maxine just fell out of a tree. Oh. And then immediately I said, oh, she is stressed. I believe these are her babies. Yes. She fell out of high out of this tree because she's searching for them. So I said, okay, I'll be over there. Just give me a second. I took the um, box that they were in with the nest, um, took them over to my neighbor's house, and she looked in the nest, and she took the babies one by one mm -hmm. up another tree. Wow. <laughs> This is something that you cannot make up, right? No, what like, are the chances, Derek? What right. are the chances of all the squirrels? There's a lot of squirrels, you know, there's yes. a lot. Uh, and when they hear that things are good at your house, they seem to be more coming, you know? Yes, yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we have, so we have Maxine. We have Niblet, who's one of Maxine's babies. Uh, we have Nibbling, who is also uh, one of Maxine's babies. We have Richard, we have Hector, we have Luther, um, <laughs> we have so many. <laughs> it's becoming hard to keep track. Yes. Um, 
But people, and I know you get this a lot too, like how can you tell the difference? How right. you know it's the same squirrel? Isn't that funny that people it's, ask that? And they're so unique to me. Of course I can tell which is which. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can tell by afar. Like I can see Maxine across the street and I can just look at her eyes and know that it's her. Right, right. Like her, like everything about her, the energy when she stops and looks at me from across the street. Right, right. And she'll stand up. And once she hears my voice, she just runs across the street and comes to me. So All the squirrels don't do that. You know, I was gone for Christmas for two weeks and I came back Mm -hmm. and there was no Julie Andrews for like two weeks. I could not. You worried? Oh my God, beyond and beyond. And there are all these other new squirrels. I'm like, where did you even come from? You know, Mm -hmm. but Julie Andrews, what she did. All of a sudden, I hear this noise. I'm like making a TikTok, mm-hmm. and I hear a noise, and I look, and she's like making noise in the tree like crazy. And I look, and I mm-hmm. see her, and then she's staring at me. I'm like, it's me. Come down. Come. So yeah. you ran to the roof and stared at me from the roof for like five minutes. And then I started to sing again Julie Andrews songs, and the down came Miss Julie. I think I hurt her feelings by being gone. Yeah, yeah. You were gone too long. I was gone too long. She thought, what mm-hmm. the hell happened? We had a good thing mm-hmm. going. You were gone too long. So she said, I'm going to take a break too. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go away. You know, I don't know if you know her occupation, but maybe she's a <laughs> nanny. <laughs> it could be. Now, you, you moved out here to California to become an actor, yes? Yes. And where, so, did you, where were you before this? I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I'm from, I was born in Durham, Durham, North Carolina, uh, raised in Atlanta, but I was living in Charlotte for 10 years. And it has always been my uh, dream to do something within entertainment. Mm -hmm. I love every aspect of it, like being in front of the camera, being behind it, editing. Like I enjoy, I can, all my time can go to that and I'll be completely fine with that. Um, and what made me move out to L.A. five years ago was that I began to look at my future five years ahead if I didn't make the move. Mm. And it almost caused me to have a panic attack because sure. I knew I wasn't living within my purpose. So after I had that uh, moment, I decided to start traveling out here signed with um, an agency for commercial work and they thought I lived out here. Mm. I did. Mm. So I said, okay, in order for me to work in this city, I got to actually live here. Right. So I got in my car, <laughs> I packed that car up and uh, I drove out here two, two weeks later. Um, didn't really have a plan. Um, had you studied acting? Had you done acting in college or community have, theater? No, no never. Nope. Never did anything. No, no study. Wow. The okay. only work that I've done was being in front of my own camera mm-hmm. doing comedy skits. Right. So I, yeah, I enjoy comedy and showing up in a, in a goofy way. I would do parodies of um, different, like either viral moments or um, movies. Um, and that was my, you know, my experience. Right. I moved out here and then started um, taking classes. Um, but yeah, no classes prior wow. to me. And did you know anyone, here. Derek, when you moved out here? And how old were you when you did it? Like, how old are you now? I am 31. 
Okay. So, so I was 20. So you were in your 20s and you knew if I didn't go now, I'm not going. And so Ooh, yes. you came Ooh. and you, yes. and you, did you like it right away? Did you feel comfortable? Did you make friends easily? Well, thanks to social media, I knew people um, already. So um, it wasn't that hard to, how they say, find a tribe. Right. I, I had people that I could lean on. When I did move out here, um, I had a friend whose name is Terrell. He allowed me to um, stay with him. Great. And I was sleeping on his couch for a few months. Um, and then I got a job, a part-time job, because funds were running low. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, I stayed with another friend, and then I eventually moved to where I live now. But throughout the entire process of figuring out where was I going to be, what was I going to do, there was no worry Mm-hmm. Um, even there were, there was a moment where I was living, um, sleeping in my car for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. I promise you there was not one doubt or ounce of worry in my heart or mind because I knew that everything would be okay. Right. The storm always goes away. And as long as I see it through, everything will be all right. So true. Yeah. How did you get so wise for such a young man? You're so wise. I, I really feel the the calmness inside of you and it comes through on the camera and your love for your squirrels and just talking now. You're you're really some exceptional human being, Derek. I would say I, I get that from looking at life, right? Not just my life, but looking at how other people deal with situations. Uh, learning to, oh, I don't want to have that experience, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to do it. Right. I don't want to go down this path, so I'm not going to do that. Um, I also have um, my grandma, my right. mom, right. Uh, my sisters um, to thank for what they instilled within me. Um, but I've always, as a kid, been very observant of what was going on around me. Mm-hmm. Um at a young age, I would hang out with um, an older crowd just because that's what I gravitated towards. I never really hung out with um, my age group. Um, there really wasn't nothing stimulating hmm. to my mind within that group. Nothing, nothing, no shade, nothing against that, but um, that's just where, where you were. I felt. Exactly. It wasn't where yeah. you were, right? Mm-hmm. But it takes a strong person to listen to that inside voice like that, you know? Did they ever find out what the medical thing was that was going on? And did that get taken care of or it's still? No, 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 I still don't know. I went to when I say I went to so many specialists, Mm -hmm. it was it was really draining. But I still don't know to this day. What I can say is that um, through it all and through other methods that I found, um, I know that I'm on a incline. I'm on a better track. I know like my body, I'm starting to put on weight again. Mm-hmm. Um, my mental clarity is back. Uh, my headaches are gone. The um, digestive issues I was having, mm. that's gone. Now, did um, they tested for everything like Lyme disease and all yes. that in, and you, long COVID or something? 
you name it, they test it for. Okay. Yes. Um, Crohn's disease, like they tested for everything. And it was all coming back normal. Like even I had a um, colonoscopy, endoscopy, and they looked at my insides because, you know, a lot of digestive issues and my colon and everything looks great. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my oh God, my, I, what I was is hoping, that? I was like, please just tell me something bad. I wanted to hear something bad. That would have gave me the relief. Yeah. But you're telling me that there's nothing wrong. I can't do nothing with that. I can't. I don't have no approach for nothing is wrong. Right. You so hear so to, many people online going through similar things, not being able to get a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's very scary. I mean, mm-hmm. you're a young, strong, handsome, smart man. Your body shouldn't be, you know, disobeying you at this time in your life, you know? Right, right, right. But I found other methods. I started doing um, more hol- holistic um approaches breath work um different herbs that i use um all of it um i believe brought me back to some sense of um what i would say was normal yeah at the time right you know so you're definitely feeling better though you're feeling better what yes i feel great don't go away more with derek right after this Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. 
And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast Hey, how did you ever learn to feed those baby squirrels? How did you, you just trial and error or did you have someone come over and help you? No, um, I searched online. The first thing you want to take care of is their hydration. Right. Before they like eat anything. Um, because if they're dehydrated, they won't eat. And if they're too cold, they also won't eat. Mm -hmm. So I had to get a space heater, um, put them in a blanket, make sure that their bodies were warm. And then I tried to feed them, but um, most of them wasn't hungry. One of them um, drank a little bit. Um, but thank God my neighbor texted me because I was yeah, like, I don't yeah. know what I'm going to do. I right. called so many wildlife experts trying to take them somewhere to get the proper um, help. But they were all full. Like yeah. everybody was filled to capacity because around that time, a lot of you know, landscapers cut down trees um, that's made in season. So babies do, baby squirrels fall out of the trees. Um, so they just get filled up with yeah. squirrels. I'm just happy that people care enough to take them to the place to save them. You know, I'm just so happy yeah. that, that be, you know, because some people write me and they are rats with tails. And I'm like, I used to feel that way. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. But mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I got such a thrill yesterday when she mm -hmm. came back. I, cause I, I honestly, I don't even know how to explain it. I felt like, where'd she go? Did a cat get yeah. her? Did, did the, another territorial thing happen? Cause there was mm -hmm. one guy, I haven't seen him around either, Mr. Big. He was, uh, he had, yes, big, uh, Mr. Yeah, big, yes. Mr. Big was like a big yeah. old guy. And, uh, yeah. he was sometimes uh -huh. not nice to the, to the girl ones or the littler ones, you know? That's how they are. That's how the males are. Maxine will come on the patio. If it's just her, it's all cool. But as soon as like Hood Rat Raymond, um, sometimes Richard, um, Luther, anytime the male squirrels come around, mm -hmm. they bully her all. Yeah. And I'm like, come on now. Like, listen, stop doing that. Y'all I know, are, I feel the stop. same it's, way. It's, is is no reason to do that. We got plenty of food. You go on this side of the patio and she can stay right, over here. Right. But You know, I what I did, I just said, you know, I, I went away for the weekend. And so I was like, saw her right before I went away for the weekend. And I knew it mm -hmm. was her. And I talked to her and she came really close and she looked for a, a nut in my hand when I didn't have any, but she let me pet her. And then I said, mm -hmm. I'm going away for two days. I'll be back. And when the day I got back, I just sat out there and um, did what I normally do. Just mm -hmm. talk loud and 
and uh, say, I'm here. You want some nuts? Come on. And mm-hmm. sure enough, mm-hmm. they come. It's like I'm Dr. Yep. Doolittle all of a sudden. You yep, know? yep, yep. Um, I had a similar story to that where I was actually going home, going home to North Carolina for my great grandmom's um, home going. And prior to me leaving that day, I didn't see Maxine for like two weeks. And right before I got into Uber, when I was leaving the house, she showed up. Mm. And I knew that was that moment for her telling me it's going to be okay. Right, right. You know, I'm going home to uh, lay my beautiful great grandmama to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that reassurance yeah. that she was giving me. Yeah. Um, so they show up just in time, right on time. Some um, people have said to me, do you think it's your mom? You know, because my mm-hmm. mom died in 73. And I don't know if I believe that, but I do mm-hmm. believe that there is a, a God spirit in every living thing. And all you got to do is be open to that channel in whatever Same. form. Now, to me, God is nature. Right. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. is the dolphins jumping in your wake, uh, swimming yeah. in the ocean, you know, watching a sunset. That That's when I feel the most present uh, in my own life and in world. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's it's very helpful for my depression. I'll tell you that. And you know what else is the light? The light is, uh, is the sun out here. I don't know mm-hmm. if you feel the difference from Atlanta, but uh, the sun here to me is life affirming. It like it is every day you wake up and you feel the brightness and the possibility and the yeah. hope. And sometimes growing up and living in New York, you know, getting through those seasonal affect disorder months of you know November, December, January, February. By the time March mm-hmm. came around, yeah. you're like, get yeah. me out of here. You know, yes. it was hard. I enjoy like going to the beach because I skate a lot. Oh, yeah. um, so I like going to uh, Manhattan Beach and just being out there in the sun, skating. Uh, it really does. I mean, sci- scientifically, it's shown that the sun helps with depression. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, so just getting outside, getting that fresh air, it does make a difference. And I find myself connecting with God um, early in the morning, mm. early in the morning. And when I'm in silence, when I'm solitude by myself, yeah, all of the answers, um, come to me, even when I'm not actually asking for anything mm. like the, the, the things, they just come to me. Um, and I wanted to point something out earlier, um, about purpose when I said, um, these squirrels have given me that. Mm. I moved here to pursue acting, but I didn't know what what it looked like. Like I didn't have a goal. Right. And you had Lean Away on here um, yes. a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. Lena Waith is a friend of mine. Oh wow. Um, yeah. And I listen to that. She's something else, man. I really admire her. Yes. In every capacity. Lena is amazing. She really is amazing. She has been a um, great support for me in my journey out here. Um, I had a moment where I was at her place and she asked me, she was like, "Um, what are you like, what are you doing out here? 
Like, cause nobody knows. They just see me on social media. Right, like, right. what are your goals? Like, yeah. what are you? I was like, well, um, I moved out here to pursue acting. Um, but I don't necessarily know what that looks like. I said, I'm just having fun. Mm. And she said, okay. And I knew she was asking me to try to figure out, you know, ways to help. guide me of and course. help me. Yes, of course. Um, I didn't know that. I, I was just giving her the God honest truth. Like, I'm just out here. I know that I'm supposed to be out here. What for? Don't know. But the squirrels led me to where I'm at now. Yes. So when people ask me this question now, the answer is completely different. It's in the same vehicle. It's going the same place. But it's now with purpose. I walk into places now with purpose. The acting, the entertainment, the what I'm bringing to the world looks different. I'm creating something within my own that yeah, I yes. had no. And you know what it is, Derek? Authenticity is the only thing our culture now craves in a deceptive world. Mm. And you're so authentically you that it's inspiring to watch. Mm. You fill my Thank heart you. with uh, lots of uh, dopamine or whatever that's in my brain, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you fill my heart with joy. And, you know, and I, I want you to know that. And and your uh, TikTok, which I know you have over a million people or something, and mm-hmm. all of this is supposed to happen because you made it happen or more accurately, you allowed it to happen. Yes. You allowed it to happen. That, now, listen, let me ask is. you, I saw you saw Oprah. What was that about? Wasn't that Ooh. you saw what happened? Did you meet Oprah yes. before and then you saw her and you had to go in there <laughs> to new skinny Oprah? Derek, what right. was that about? Yes. Yeah, so um me and Oprah had all right, like I told you, I used to create um comedy skits, right? Oprah, this was I believe right before the pandemic. She um announced her new book um book club. And she did like a promo for it and everything. Um, so I did a parody to it. I had this horrible wig on that I know Oprah wouldn't dare look at. I had this like everything was just, you know, the funny of it. And I did the exact replica of the her promo video. Right. She saw it. Um, Gail. They put it on the news uh-huh. uh, to talk about the um, book club. And she sent me a personal video back. Wow. So she was saying, hey, I love the video you did. Um, but next time, I'm going to send you some girls, meaning her wig. <laughs> right, exactly. She said, I'm going to send you some better hair because what you, what you had on was horrible. Yeah, we can't do that again. Right. Right. So um, a few years later, what, a few months ago at the... Um, the Color Purple premiere in L.A., um, I saw her walking. And I was like, I'm not too cool. Like, I'm not going to play that guy. I'm not too cool to go up to anybody. Right. So I said, this is my moment. Let me just go up, sure. introduce myself. Uh, and that's exactly what I did. I said, hey, Oprah, um, I'm Derek. 
Not sure if you remember. Then she said, oh, yes, I do remember. And mind you, everything moves fast. Right, right, <laughs> right. Like, you know sure, what I'm saying? She yes, got to go. Yes. So we're still moving. We're walking. And I said, do you mind if I um, get a picture with you? She said, absolutely. Um, we can take a picture. Um, mind you, I wasn't ready at all. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm fumbling. I'm like, where's my phone, Lord? She said, are you ready? I said, yes. Oh, yes Hold I'm on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I wasn't ready. I got that picture and it was so blurry. Oh, but, God. That's too but, good. But you did it, man. You know, that I, is I that it. is a powerful, uh, powerful testament to who you are. Right. Not everybody yeah. would go right up to Oprah and say, excuse me, Miss O. Uh, remember uh-huh. I sent you a video? <laughs> you know, But mm-hmm. I love the color purple. Didn't you love that movie? Yes. Oh, my, oh my Lord. Goodness. I saw the it Broadway musical many times. Of mm-hmm. course, the original is epic. But I think this is a joyful, beautiful yes wonderfully uh, artistic movie. I, I loved yes. every minute of it. It was a, to me, it was a good blend of like the Broadway meets like the film, like yes. how they had the, oh, yes. yes. I agree. So I agree. It was good. Listen, Derek, you're delightful. I have loved talking to you. Thank you for being on my podcast. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Also, I want to gift you, um, so I didn't say, but let's say it now. I have a children's book coming out. Oh, great. Um, it is with me and Maxine. And it is actually the story of me saving her babies right. from the cut down tree. So I would love to get that to you. I would love um, to. So you can read it. I'll read it to my kiddo. So thank you so much yes. for that. I still have an 11 year old, as you know. So it's fun. Yes. It's fun. Yes. life, honey. Do they it. will love it. Ride the ride. Uh, I yes. love you. Thank you for doing this. And carry Absolutely. on, and I will see you online. Thank you. We'll be back with more after this. No time for questions today. Thank you very much for listening. Next week, I'm going to be talking all about my guide dog, the experience, and I'm going to be crying a lot. So um, if you want to tune in and hear how emotionally wrecked I am over this dog, the addition to our family and the benefit that it's already showing on my kiddo, um, tune in next week right here on Onward. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) 
Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Like you, Jonah, who's a music person and also a mental health counselor. And you, Vanessa, who is an actress, comedian, and I think you even wrote a children's book. Wow. I sure did. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it. That's really it. And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) As a high school student. Plus, legendary sisters Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. You would pull the bag out and then we would eat the eat all the leftover the leftover chocolate chips which was a lot then you'd roll the oh, barrel up so to fun. up the hill and then one of us would get inside the barrel and they'd push you down and we've also had an amazing guests like mike the miz jason isbell carrie brownstein and corin tucker of slater kinney and many more and you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like change.dork <laughs> change.dork and congratulations you played yourself Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.